Live from the capital of Raider Nation, Las Vegas, Nevada, it's Silver and Black Today. Your daily dose of all things Las Vegas Raiders football. News, views, guests, and your phone calls are all part of the game plan. There's only one nation, and it listens here. Now your host, Scott Colbranson. Hump Day, Raider Nation. It is a Wednesday. Welcome back to Silver and Black Today here on Raider Nation Radio, your station emanating from the capital. Yes, the capital of Raider Nation. All that is silver and black based here in Las Vegas, Nevada. Welcome back. It is Scott Branson with you once again. I hope you're having a good week thus far. Joining me as he does every Wednesday is my co-host. That is Mr. Hondo Carpenter. He is the publisher of SportsIllustrated.com's Raider Maven website. Hondo, how's your week going so far, my man? It's been going great, Scott. Thank you. I appreciate you. And I just want to say on behalf of all of Raider Nation, because this is the last time I'll be on your show, um, I know you got a medical condition. All of us are praying for you. Raider Nation is better because of you. And I could say this as a colleague, but as a friend, I know the Carpenters are praying for you. We love you, buddy. And we're. I know everything will be fine. Well, I appreciate it. And it's and I know our friendship goes on. Uh, our uh, coverage of Raider football will continue as well. And uh, it's 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 been great doing the shows with you. Uh, I love your energy. And you know we connected early when we first met uh, at a facility when we had that kind of uh, weird training camp, if you will, before the start of the season. Always great. I appreciate. And appreciate your friendship and uh, your professionalism all along. And speaking of that, I want to start off the show. And of course, today, a couple things we're going to talk about. Let's just kind of set the topics on the table, if you will. Uh, at the bottom of the hour, I, wanted, I was sitting there, I was rereading some Raiders books over the last couple weeks. And one of them uh, is about Raiders, ba- you know, they call them the badasses, right? And so I wanted to, I want to challenge the listeners out there, Hondo, your readers, our listeners. Who is your favorite Raider badass? Who is your favorite Raider tough guy? I mean, Jack Tatum, Lyle Alzado, who is it? I really want to hear on the phones today who that epitome of that Raider mentality is for you. There's so many. I could not, you know, we put out an image for uh, for uh, publicizing the show today, and we put some guys on there, and then some people are direct messaging me saying, hey, you forgot, you for-. and well, we can't fit them all on one image, right? But there's so many of them. That is the Raider way, starting with the man himself, Al Davis. So I want to hear from the listeners out there, who is your favorite Raider badass? 702-365-9200. So we're going to do that throughout the show, but We'd love to hear from you uh, at the bottom of the hour when we start really talking about it. Also, coming up at 3 o'clock, you know, this whole quarterback carousel thing, Hondo. I want to talk a little bit about that because I think there's reasons for it. It's the changing landscape of the NFL. This is not the NFL, Hondo, that our dads grew up with. There's a lot changing here. So we're going to talk a little bit about about, about that at 3 o'clock. At 3.15, we're going to be joined by guest Chris Matthews from News 8 here in Las Vegas. Chris is one of the best guys you will ever meet in the business. He just celebrated 24 years 
tw- and that is unheard of in local television, 24 years at News 8 covering sports there. So we're going to talk to him about the changing landscape of sports in Las Vegas since he arrived in 1997, uh, and we'll get that as well, and then we'll take your calls all throughout. But Hondo, I want to start, because right before we went on the air, um, just a couple of hours ago, you ran, I think, which is a really important piece up on the Raider Maven site, uh, and folks can check it out. I know if you check out my Twitter handle, Hondo's Twitter handle, at Hondo Carpenter, you'll see that he tweeted it out. But you talked to three NFL general managers anonymously. They didn't want to have their names. That's that's understandable, but you quoted them. Talking about Derek Carr and talking about their points of view on the Raiders quarterback. So I want to start there because we talked the other day about Derek Carr and perhaps an extension that's on the way for him at some point in the next year or or next few months or so. But Hondo, talk about this because, you know, Raider Nation, just like all groups that we're part of as human beings, we get very myopic. We see it from the inside. But you talk to three people who run NFL teams. Give us an overview of what you heard. What was the feedback on Derek Carr? Well, first of all, I want to address this. You may remember, Scott, I told you this article was coming about six or seven weeks ago Mm -hmm. on your show. And I had people tweeting at me or emailing, oh, I guess you lied. Nobody will talk to you. That wasn't the case. (laughs) But one of the GMs we had to wait because his team wanted Derek. Ah. Uh, And he asked me not to run it, even though just in, in case there was a trade or whatever. So I, I kept my mouth shut and did. That's why. But uh, there was a huge reaction. First of all, he is incredibly respected around the league. And I've had people say, well, if he's so good, how come people aren't making offers for him? People did right. make offers. And I'm not going to get into details. I don't want to do anything that could expose the GMs as who I know. But I'm just going to say people did make offers. And uh, it was very fascinating for me to hear some of the offers, to hear some of the things that came their way. But the Raiders, the Raiders were not moving Derek Carr unless somebody was willing to do something really stupid. They have a guy that they believe is their franchise guy. They've got a, a, a guy that they believe is everything they need to go win and win big in, in the, in the uh, playoffs. They know they've got to fix the defense. And so, you know, what's funny was listening to people. I'll give you a great one. Scott, you may remember one of our colleagues had a story, a good colleague, about people were calling the Raiders about Derek Carr. But you may remember three days before that story, we said it on your show. I said when I talked about my article that, hey, I know for a fact that GMs are calling. The Raiders have no interest in getting rid of Derek. And so... Talking to those guys, I thought the Phil Simms um, comparison by Rick Goslin, the Hall of Fame writer from the Dallas Morning News, my mentor, was really brilliant. But to talk to these guys around the league, I talked to, I talked to more than three, several who didn't want to be quoted anonymously, and every single one of them, one guy who didn't want to be quoted, he wasn't in the article, I know for a fact his team was interested in Derek, he said, I'd take Derek in a heartbeat. He's a great quarterback. He doesn't make mistakes. And I asked him about the fumbles. And I just said, hey, you know what? A lot of Derek's critics will mention the fumbles. And he goes, well, when are the fumbles coming? You know, look at where they come in the game. 
And he talked about, you know, it's when Derek doesn't have a defense to bail him out. He has to bail out his defense. So a lot of those fumbles come when he's holding the ball too long at the end of the game because they need a score. And he's just holding on, holding on, holding on. He mentioned a Jalen Richard fumble this year that never touched Jalen's hands. But it's because Jalen was out of position. It was just fascinating. Not one person I spoke to, and I spoke to a lot more than three, but only three that would let me use their their quotes anonymously, was nothing but respect, nothing about how good they felt. And several guys told me, and again, I'm not quoting them because I don't want people to know who they were, but several guys told me things that John Gruden told them about Derek Carr. And you mm-hmm. you may remember, Scott, when I took over and came here in June, you and I went to lunch shortly after I got here. And I actually shared names for you on mm-hmm. how I was being told. Because when I came here, I instantly started writing, this is all crap that Derek Carr is going to get traded. You know, it's funny that, that there's media who will call me quoting general managers trash, whose same entity over a year ago was writing, Derek and John aren't going to get along. And they're still together, and John's still praising them. And I'm just, it was just fascinating to me to see. And again, I don't think it's the majority of Raider fans. I don't even think it's close to the majority. And nobody's saying he's Johnny Unitas or Tom Brady. But I don't, but I think it's a minute group of fans that just don't like him for whatever reason. And the the theme around the NFL is he's well liked, well respected, and a great player. Yeah, and I, I think in your story too, you you talked about the Rick, the the great Rick Goslin. Of course, he's only covered the NFL for a little bit of time, forty nine years. Um, he's a Hall of Fame voter, uh, and he talked about Carr. And his comparison was an interesting one because I'd never heard this comparison, but it makes a lot of sense. He said, "quote I think Derek, and this is uh, you can read this up on Hondo's story up on the Raider Maven website. I think Derek is the Phil Sims of his era." He said, "He's all um, he has all the tools that made Phil a terrific quarterback." but he doesn't have Phil's defense. And then a GM following up when you shared that comment with a GM, this GM told you, quote, Rick nailed it. I agree with the comparison. The biggest difference is that Bill Parcells built an elite defense around Phil and the Raiders haven't. So, I mean, I think these are all very telling things. And again, I've always said, Hondo, I said to you last week, that there's people who don't like the way Derek Carr plays. Okay, that's fine. I understand yeah. it. But but as far as Derek Carr being the quarterback of the Raiders, Derek Carr being valued in the league, it clearly is there, and your story shows that. I'm going to tell you this. One GM and uh, told me, he said, if Derek were on the market, he thinks as many as 15 to 18 teams would have made offers. Wow. And he just said, the problem is, is people knew he wasn't available. Um, And I'm told by one, you know, I've heard people say, person say that the response they got when they called is, is he on the market? No. Well, could he be? Well, make me something I can't refuse. (laughs) Yeah, give me, throw something out there, right? I mean, that's what it is. That's how trades a lot of times go down. Guys talk and say, hey, we'd like this guy. Well, he's not available. Well, what if we gave you this? Would you be willing then? No, we're not. But then if the offer goes up, then you, you, hey, listen, any business person, especially in professional sports, when someone approaches you about a trade, even if you're not looking to trade the player, you have to listen. 
Totally agree with you. And I'm going to tell you another thing, Scott, that I found fascinating talking to people around the league. And, and, you know, first of all, let me tell you how good Rick Goslin is. I just did a podcast with him today that's going to be up on Raider Maven tomorrow or Friday. Most people don't know he was not the inventor of the mock draft, but he's the one that made it popular and it, it boomed. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, he's a Hall of Fame writer. He also is a Hall of Fame voter. And this guy's mock drafts were so good, and he happens to be my mentor. This guy, and a good friend. But this guy's mock drafts were so good that he talks on the podcast the night before the draft, and even when teams were on the clock, they would call him. Mm. And and remember now, this is a guy that had sources at all 32 teams. So some of these people, I mean, all these people I called all know who Rick was. And they all liked his quote. And and so to me, I understand if you're a Raider and your motto is just win, baby, you have every right to be ticked. Your organization has not lived up to their motto. And that's fair. I have no problem with that. But to go after Derek Carr, I understand he's the quarterback and he's always going to get too much credit and too much blame. But I'm just telling you, to go after Derek Carr is just not smart. Because he's a terrific quarterback, he's valued and respected. But one thing that that was said to me by a general manager who had close dealings, I'm not saying he was one of Bill's GMs, I'm not saying he wasn't, but had close dealings with Bill Parcells, is that he said Bill Parcells used to always say, if you want your quarterback to take a risk, then you got to give them the people who can protect them when the risk doesn't pan out. And the guy mentioned to me, I'm looking at the note right here that I wrote. This is what the guy said to me. One thing I can tell you, Phil Simms made a lot of mistakes, but Phil Simms had a defense that bailed him out. Poor Derek, he's the one having to go out in the fourth quarter carrying the bucket, bailing out the defense. His risks get exposed because he doesn't have a defense that helps him at all. Yeah, no, well said. All right, we have callers on the line already want to chime in. Dana and Boca, you're on with Scott and Hondo here on Silver and Black today. What's going on, man? Hey, Scott and Uncle Hondo. Uh, my brother, Scott, man, my adopted Raider brother, <laughs> brother from another mother from Southern California, married to a Latina like myself. Yes. I feel real kindred to you. Uh, we're going to miss you, Scott. I know we're not supposed to be too sentimental, but I got a little sentimental when you said well, on Friday this was your last week. And uh, I just want to tell you how appreciative I am of what you've uh, done for Raider Nation with your show and all, and your website and all that you do. And uh, I will say, whoever replaces you, I, I hope that they uh, have a requirement that my uncle Hondo, which is a little weird because he's younger than me, <laughs> but that's Raider Nation, right? We're a dysfunctional family. Um, <laughs> is a regular contributor or on the show in one way or another. Um, but I just... Uh, I had to call today since I last day I catched two together. Hondo, I'm sure you know me from Twitter, because um, I'm a big fan of yours. And uh, just uh, want to say my my favorite badass is definitely uh, um, Howie Long, even though he would have the light turned off on him by Lyle Alzado when he was a rookie. But um, <laughs> Howie is my favorite badass. And um, I wanted to say one other thing to Scott because um, you brought him up first, and I've been looking in deeper on the draft and the, how to repair the defense. Um, I think that the uh, Gus Bradley and the four assistants are um, 
you know, types of coaches that he's bringing with him is really going to make a big difference in both our young guys and our um, the guys that came on board last year. I think we're going to see a big change in everything. I do think that defensive tackle is going to be the most important place, but I don't think that um, at 17 that there's going to be a player that's going to be worth it there when there's going to be possibly the best defensive end or linebackers available. So I think that um, picking up in the draft and the free agency, a defensive tackle and a free safety would be the thing. And I really hope that if they do that, that we get your guy JOK in there. I think he's going to be yeah. an awesome addition to that um, 4-3 and the, and the nickel package both in the um, cover three defense that we're going to be playing. I think he just uh, if we get some veterans in a defensive tackle and at safety, and then we add a young guy to a, um, our already, you know, it's not not exactly veterans, but I mean they're veterans linebackers. I think it'd be a perfect mix. Yeah, I think so too. And he slots back in that safety position as well. He's that hybrid guy, which I like. But I mean, they have so many needs. And and again, thank you for your kind words, Dana. I appreciate uh, you listening and and uh, and all that. So thank you so much for that and and for calling in today. But yeah, no, I I think that listen. There's and, and by the way, Howie Long was great too. That's the thing when you talk about Raider badasses. Like there's so many of them <laughs> that it's hard. You can't. It's not like there's one better than the other per se. There's just one I think that resonates more with the individual. Uh, and so, so that's why we wanted to talk about that today. But uh, it's all good. All right, we go back out on the phone lines. We're jammed up today. It is Raider Twenty Seven. Raider Twenty Seven. You're on with your uncle and with Scott here on Silver and Black today. Hey, I, when you go down the list of Raider badasses of all time, you know you, you start thinking about the Matuzeks and the Alzados and the Tatums and you know and the Ted Hendricks. Uh, those guys are all Raider badasses, but the number one all-time no debate is Hondo. Hondo's got to be the number <laughs> one badass of all. <laughs> Hondo, there you go. You got a new nickname. <laughs> wow, Darren, thank you. <laughs> That that is, I mean, uh, I that is uh, phenomenal, man. I mean, listen, but I'm yeah, going to text. I'm going to literally text Matt Millen right now. With many of you know, he's one of my very best friends, and I'm going to tell him that you said that. So thank you. <laughs> you know, I, I love it. Needs to be, there needs to be two classifications, though, because there needs to be the the crazy raider badasses, which is the Tuzaks and the Alzados, but then there needs to be the same. Badasses, which has to be Howie Long and Matt Millen. Yeah, no, I mean, listen, there, there, there's there, and there's there's people off the field too. I mean, you think you think about Al Davis, of course. You think right. about Amy Trask. You think it's about some of these other people and what they did off the field as far as running the organization as well. And I think there's there's, but that's the whole point, right? And that's where I, I had thought about it, Raider Twenty Seven. I thought about asking the question, you know, kind of segmenting it, but I'm like, you know what? I'm going to leave that up to the call. We have smart callers <laughs> who know their Raider football, so I'm going to let them bring it. I'm not going to pre-prescribe what they want to say, uh, but but definitely adding Hondo to the list is a new one. Yep, you better bring it, Hondo. <laughs> uh, you got it, 27. You're my boy, Blue! <laughs> You're my boy, Blue. Oh, I love the movie reference. Wasn't that just a great movie? And don't, Scott, uh, don't tell these young kids what movie that is. Make them go Googles it. Make them find it. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll we won't tell them what the movie is right now. We'll see if somebody calls in and knows what it is. All right, back on the phones. It is Raider Mike. Raider Mike, you're on with Scott and Hondo here on Silver and Black today on Raider Nation Radio. 
What's up, gentlemen? How are you? Good, brother. Hi, Mike. Calling from the beach, Fort Myers. Mm. I'll be back in Vegas in about four weeks. But anyway, the ultimate badass. I mean, there's so many. Twos, Ben <laughs> Davidson, Dr. Death, Georgie, the judge, Alzado, Howie, Greg Townsend, forgot him, Matt Millen, Hendricks, the stork. I mean, the ultimate badass, the guy who I played like when I played was Jack Tatum, the assassin. Nobody hit like him. He could just basically set the tone for the game, just like when he blew up Sammy from uh, the Minnesota Vikings, our first Super Bowl win. When that helmet popped and he stood over him and pointed the guns down at him and then swept it aside, I was like, that's how you play. That's how Raiders play. So, anyway... That's who I think the ultimate badass is. Everyone needs to get off of D.C. There's only two other quarterbacks I want over him, and that's Rodgers and Watson, and we ain't getting either. We ain't sniffing those guys, guys. So, ride or die, this guy. I believe in him. I have since we drafted him. I mean, so, anyways, he's a great quarterback. The league is shouting his praises, not just the nation. And uh, the nation that hates him, sorry, dude. <laughs> You're <laughs> out of luck. Get on the bus. The <laughs> You're out of luck. The farm, baby. See you guys. <laughs> Have a good show, man. All right, Mike. Raider Mike, thanks so much for calling in, man. Enjoy Fort Myers, Florida. All right, we're up against the first break. When we come back, we'll continue with this conversation. Who is your favorite Raider badass? I got one that some of the young bucks out there might not realize. But uh, this guy was not only a badass on the field, he was one off the field after his career, you name it. One of the guys that uh, that I like to talk about when it comes to Raider football. We'll get to him after the break. You're with Hondo and Scott here on Silver and Black today on Raider Nation Radio. From Stabler to Plunkett and Allen to Jacobs, we've got your Raiders covered on Silver and Black today. Here's your host, Scott Colbranson. Welcome back. Silver and Black today. Scott Branson, Hondo Carpenter along with me today. We are talking Raiders football. We've asked a question. We've put, we've thrown the gauntlet. Who is your favorite Raiders badass of all time, right? We've already heard Jack Tatum makes a lot of sense. And we've heard Hondo. Now, Hondo's gotten in that list. Hondo, you're already in good company, man. I got to tell you, it's stunning to me. You want to know who my, <laughs> I, I have two. Can I give you mine? Yeah, absolutely. Do it. First, Matuzek, I just uh-huh. <clears throat> loved everything about him. And, of course, Millen, because he's one of my best friends. His punch was great. But <laughs> I'm going to tell you a person that I think was a badass that a lot of people don't give enough credit to, and that's Gene Upshaw Oh yeah, and, and Art Shell. I mean, those are two guys that, you know, I, I think they did it right. But all of this comes from... The fact that if you're going to talk about the ultimate badass, the ultimate number one, even though he never played, would be Al Davis. Yeah. He set the tone for it. Whether you liked Al or hated Al, people knew you don't want to get into a problem with him. The first time I met him, I was with Matt Millen. <clears throat> and Matt introduced us. And he looked at me and he grabbed my hand and we shook hands. And he goes, 
Raiders, baby. <laughs> <laughs> just, I mean, not a hello, not nice to me, just Raiders, baby. Now, I won't tell anything else about the rest of the discussion afterwards because it was off the record. It was there with him yeah. and Dylan was his friend. But I got to tell you, I just, I loved Al. I mean, I, I thought the world of him. I think he's an American icon. I think he changed professional sports around the world. And I think if you have to have an ultimate, if you don't give it to Al Davis, then you shouldn't get a vote. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, no question. Change the game. Uh, and you're right. He set the standard for what it meant to be a Raider. And and it's a great example of organizations uh, get their cues from the top. It goes from tops down, right? And so if you're going to set it up that way, that's what you're going to do. My guy that I love, uh, and, and when you read his background, and when I was doing this last night and kind of thinking about uh, all these great names, like you mentioned Matuzak, and I mean, you mentioned Phil Villapiana, who's a favorite. George Atkinson, even, you know, he was a quiet badass in some ways, what he did on the field. Uh, and of course, Hendrickson and Davidson, all those guys. But one guy that a lot of Raider fans seem to forget about, but he was just nails up front. And this is a guy, and I'm talking about Otis Sistrunk. Otis Sistrunk played for the Raiders 72 to 78, of course, won his first Super Bowl with them. Sistrunk was, first of all, before he became a Raider, he was a Marine. Okay, so you talk about being a badass. I mean, Marines are badasses. So he, he becomes a Marine. Then he gets out of the Marine Corps and he goes to play in what was called the Continental Football League at the time in 1969 for the Norfolk Neptunes. Uh, and that league folds. But the Rams are out scouting them and the Raiders and Al Davis kind of spot him. So they go grab him. And what does he do? He comes to the Raiders and does uh, an amazing career there uh, for six seasons with the Raiders. And as I said, won the Super Bowl with was the Pro Bowler in 1974, second team in 74, and, of course, Super Bowl champion in Super Bowl XI. Then um, he's done. So he finishes football, and he goes and he goes and sells meat, I think it was, for a little while. Then when he's done, guess what he decides to do? I'm going to go be a professional wrestler. <laughs> he became a professional wrestler. And not only that, he was one of my in one of my favorite movies – we were talking about movies earlier, Hondo, of the 70s. He was in the movie Car Wash. Oh, wow, at the car wash. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, so not only was he a badass on the field, he was a badass before because he was a Marine. He was a badass after wrestling, and he even was in uh, – he only had a couple acting roles. I won't mention the other one because it was an adult film, although he did not have a, a <clears throat> role in that film. He was just in it. But he was a, a cook in the movie Car Wash in 1976, and so uh, that's one of my favorite movies. So anyway, uh, Otis Sistrunk is a guy – if you're a Raider fan and you don't know a lot about him, he's not one of those guys that gets mentioned all the time, but man, was he tough – and he was, he was just a phenomenal player, and I think everything that Raider Nation is. All right, we're going on the phones. Raider Mark, you are on with Scott and Hondo here on Silver and Black today on Raider Nation Radio. Hey, how you guys doing? Good, brother. Good, buddy. Good, man. Hondo, Hondo. Good, man. Love, love listening to you with uh, Pritchard Clay, man. You're, you're awesome. And then uh, Scott, man, I listened to you early in Vegas with, uh, I keep forgetting his name, with the Dodger hat. I forgot his name. But you guys started off in Vegas. Oh, yeah. You guys... Back when we were at CBS. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. But cool, cool. Hey, man, I got a couple of guys, but I'm going to end it with my favorite guy. Uh, Rob Martin's one of the guys, man. Ah. Rob Martin, USC. Uh, I remember him as a 10 year old. I'm from San Diego. And watching him bludget the Chargers in the AFC Championship. <laughs> 
game, and then we went on to win the Super Bowl against the Eagles, uh, and he tore it up then. Love Rob Martin. Another guy with the high school with. He's one of the guys. Kennedy, we graduated together, 88, Morris Tigers. Phenomenal player, got him on the list. But my ultimate, of course, is Marcus Allen. My brother played against him in high school. He went to Lincoln yeah. High School in San Diego. We all went to Morris High School. I got, I got four other brothers. And that guy is amazing, man, what he could do. Not only can he be one of the best blockers, best receivers, and, and of course, one of the best runners all time. So I got to go with Marcus Allen. And he can walk in the room, man, and get free drinks for everybody. Anywhere you <laughs> and, and I met his parents when we used to have in San Diego. Uh, we had the Booster Club in San Diego. Great parents. Uh, and that guy's a class act, man. He could, <laughs> if he walked in the room, bro, everybody like, oh, that's Marcus Allen. <laughs> One of the yeah, and, and, and every time. lady in the room would be around him too, man. So you better not bring exactly, your girl. Man. Yeah, yeah, he, I know. He, yeah, I know. He, he's, he's, he's a chiseled, stunningly good-looking man as well. So anytime he goes to a party, he is the center of attention. And I'll tell you what, Raider Mark, you're from San Diego, and you mentioned all those guys. Of course, great Raiders, Marcus Allen, Lincoln Kennedy, Eric Allen. Of course, he was a, a Point Loma pointer. Um, yeah. And so a lot of, a yeah, lot of connections down there to San Diego. Hey, hey, hey I'm going to be in San do- Diego tomorrow. I hope the weather's good. Oh, uh, it's always good. <laughs> huh? no, go to go – to, uh, uh, Coronado Beach, man. That's my favorite beach. Yeah. Hey, one, one yeah. more guy. And he's only here a short time. One more guy. And he, he was all pulled in two different positions. Khalil Mack, man. He, once a Raider, always a Raider. I wish he was still on the team. Khalil Mack needs to be on this list. I know it was a short period of time. I mean, mm-hmm. you could go with Terrell Davis. He got in the Hall of Fame in a short period of time. But Khalil Mack, what he's done in a short period of time with the Raiders, is all pro. And he will be a Hall of Famer. Great call, Mark. Thanks, man. We appreciate you. Appreciate the kind words. You take care, man. All right, we're going out on the line again, and we're bringing in our good friend who's been with us since day one, called in all the time, and that is Fabian. Fabian, you're on with Hondo and Scott. What's going on, buddy? Not much. How are you guys doing today? All right, brother. Good, buddy. Well, I think without question, you can't uh, Jack Tatum's resume is uh, nothing to be sent. Without question, Jack Tatum. But then as somebody else already mentioned, now as a non-player who epitomized what it was to be a Raider, was the owner and the and the guy who started all Al Davis. Yep, he took no prisoners. No, and but, and that's and and that's what Hondo said earlier, right, Fabian? Which is, again, you know, he set the course and he 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 basically defined what it was to be a Raider. And these guys that you mentioned, of course, Jack Tatum and all the other guys we're talking about, including some of the guys more current, they lived it. They got that sense from Al Davis. He made the organization that way. And so when they came in, that's why you wanted to be a Raider, because you wanted to play that way. You wanted to act that way. You wanted to intimidate. How many times have you seen interviews with Al Davis where he said, football is about intimidation, right? Yeah. It's about intimidating the other side so that so that you can win, because he understood. He understood the mental side of the game, Hondo, as well. Yes, you have to execute with excellence on the field, but you also got to get in the other guy's head. Well, he understood making of the brand. I don't think that he gets enough credit for the branding. Part of, I mean, Matt Millen has told me before that when you walked in with that helmet and that jersey, there were teams afraid to play them. And Al played right into it. I mean, I, I shared this story before. Matt's first day as a Raider. 
He arrives at the airport. They send somebody to pick him up. They bring him to training camp. And, r- and right outside of training camp, the sign says, rule num- rules to be a Raider. Number one, cheat. Number two, don't ever forget rule number one. Right. And he wanted, now he could have done that inside and hidden it, but he wanted media to see it. He wanted people to talk about it. He was, he may not have been the biggest guy, but he was out there selling that brand. When the league ticked him off, he sued him. When people made him mad, he fought him. And it was just tough as nails. That's why I have so much respect for Al Davis. Yeah, really remarkable. Uh, Scott, in with regards to Otis Sistrup, you forgot yes. one, one little caveat. He was a distinguished alumni of the University of Mars. Yes, <laughs> the, the, the famous Monday Night Football thing, right? Where And, and Fabian, I'll explain that to people. During a Monday Night Football broadcast, um, when they put the educational background of all the teams up, uh, they, had it, they had it marked as U.S. Mars, which was actually shorthand for the Marine Corps because he came out of the Marine Corps. But Alex Karras, of course, the former Detroit Lion, right? And then um, uh, broadcast broadcaster uh called him said hey man he looks like an alien i think his alma mater is the university of mars so that was, <laughs> that's where that came from it's a great story uh but that's why i love sister because like, out of all the raider players um and there's been so so many great ones uh he's one and again like i said he, he was done with football and he went on and did wrestling too so uh he was a tough dude and 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 had a huge huge uh part of that that first super bowl win uh as always all right fabian man thanks again Again, brother, we appreciate you. You take care, Scott. We'll we'll we'll, we'll be there online with you. All right, man. Thank you. I appreciate that. All right. We're going out on the lines again. They are busy today. It is El Paso Raider. El Paso Raider, you're on with Scott and Hondo. Hey, how you doing, Scott? Um, I know we're talking about the the greatest or the toughest uh Raiders of all time, but I just want to take the time real quick to say uh you know thank you for for the platform you gave us, man, and uh I appreciate what you and Q did with the show and and Uncle Hondo here, you know, a great show, and we're going to miss you, man, and wish you the best and much blessings to you and your family going forward, man, and hopefully we can do it back again, you know? Yeah, um, I appreciate that, man. That means a lot. Thank you. Also, me, um, growing up as, as a Raider fan, I, I was young. Uh, my favorite player of all time has been Charles Woodson, so I, I, I was watching mm. Charles Woodson as a young kid, watched Tim Brown. I think they're dogs, you know, by the way they carry themselves, you know, always willing to work, work hard no matter what. They even played through injuries anytime they had to. So to me, those, and obviously Al Davis, right? Al Davis was probably the greatest, toughest Raider ever. The Raiders embody him. That's that's what the Raiders are. You know, Khalil Mack was also one of my favorite guys, and I think he, he embodied that. If he would have still been here, he, he definitely would have been on that list. And uh, one main thing is the Raider Nation. Raider Nation is the toughest out there. So yeah. that's, that's there all I you go. Yeah, I like that. And by the way, El Paso Raider, did you, I mean, with, with John Gruden, I think part of the reason people were so excited when Coach Gruden came back was they felt that that's some of that mystique, some of that attitude would come back. Do you feel like in the three years he's been back that that's, that's made a return? Uh, no, no, sir. I, I feel like that's what we need, man. We're lacking that. I, I just mm. wish that we can get some dogs in there, you know what I mean? And and one thing, you know, uh, this back and forth about Derek Carr, you know, I like the man. I, I supported him. I know before I came in here in the radio station with you, and I told I told you guys that I supported Derek Carr before, but it's just one of those things that I don't see that. I mean, we have. I know we have a young team, but for him to, to carry himself and to become that great player that he can be, which I think he can is he needs to be a leader, man. He needs to be a dog. He needs to give people chances. To stop it with this, uh, you know, 
about trusting the receiver, about, uh, oh, that they're young or whatever. Nah, man, earn that respect. Earn it. Get in there. Let the guys know that you got their back. That's my issue with Derek Carr. It's always been that way. It's always been. I don't know, after the 2016 season, he's he's never been the same. And ever since that, you know, Johnson hasn't been able to change that culture. We can bring some dogs in here and bring some guys. I mean, it, it sucks that we have to talk about guys back in the day. You know, I, it sucks that I had to. I, I couldn't watch him. My pops did, you know, how we long. These, these, these guys that were actually Raiders, man. And we don't have that right now. We don't have that. And, and, and Raider Nation is tired of it. We want some, some new people here. We want some guys that, that can embody the Raider Nation, man, can embody the Raider figure, someone that can come in here and just dominate and, and demand respect. And that's what we're lacking. And I hope that this year we can get some with that. I, I, I feel good about Gus Badley. I think he's going to turn this thing around. And, and I just hope that. No, I think Matt, Matt Max, I think he can be a guy. But he needs to step up now. He's he's on his third year. I think he can be a leader, and if he can take that that tip on his shoulder and, and move to the next step, I think he can be the next guy. All right, there you go, El Paso Raider Honda. What do you think about that? His point there last that, that that he feels like, you know, I think a lot of and I felt at, when John Gruden came back and John Gruden talked a lot about bringing back that attitude to the Raiders that that is so well known. Uh, and I think in some ways it is back. I th- I agree with with uh, El Paso Raider that in some ways it's not. Is that sort of what they need to look for too when they go out and build that defense this year? Is not only guys who can play and play well, but have a little bit of that attitude as well. Absolutely, and I can tell you this. One of the things missing, and we talked about this on Monday's show, they need a hammer. They need a guy who's going to hammer the defense in practice. He's going to hold guys accountable. I mean, let me tell you a great story. I have a buddy who played with Ray Lewis when he was with Baltimore, and I asked him, I said, how cool is it to play with Ray? He said, I don't know that I would call it cool. He says, because if you didn't give 110% in practice or all the time, he was in your face. He goes, we all respected him, but every one of us feared him. He goes, we we didn't. He, he literally said, forget the coaches. He goes, Marvin Lewis was a great coach, but he was a kind of a mild-mannered guy. He said, when you look at Ray Lewis, we did what we did because Ray Lewis was the coach on the field. That's mm-hmm. what they need. They need a hammer. But you got to either trade or draft for one of those guys because going out and get them in a trade, I mean, excuse me, you have to draft – uh, or trade because getting them to go to free agency is very rare. Yeah, no, you're right. It is, and and but but I do think you know that that that's what you have to bring. And I think that sometimes um, it's hard when you have a young team, right? On the defensive side, there's young guys, and and there might be a guy there who can do that. I mean, we thought Jonathan Abram would be that guy. He's got a big prove it year coming up. And uh, sometimes it's maturity that you need to get there to be that guy. But but there is that attitude, that Raider attitude. I, I know the fans. I know Raider Nation. They want it back. It, what's, it's what separates. Like you said, it's the brand that Al Davis built, and it's a brand that – Live strongly today. Maybe it hasn't resulted on on the as to wins on the football field or championships uh, since 1983. But what it has done is it's it's lingered because it is so strong. It is so unique, and and that is a credit to Al Davis. But at the same time, they just want guys who come in to I think to understand that. And and it's it's interesting because you know, and now this year they didn't get a chance to because it was such an odd year. But every year when they have that alumni weekend at camp, I think that's big for the team because all these guys we're mentioning that are still around um, and with us, uh, like Atkinson, like Villapiano, these guys uh, like Howie Long, they go out and they talk to the young team. They didn't get a chance to 
to do that this year. But I think that is a big part of, of passing it down. It's sort of like for those of you who didn't do fraternity in college, it's sort of like that, you know, you learn the history from your brothers and then they kind of tease you and they teach you what it is to be part of the organization. And I think that's what the Raiders need too. totally agree. I think this team is, is missing an identity on defense. And that's why no matter who you end up getting, you know what? There are very few teams, but remember the no names of the, of the, the dolphins. Yep. But there's very few teams that can do that. They need an identity. You're not going to get that from a rookie when you do it so rare. It's like finding, you know, a genie in a bottle, (laughs) but that's something that they've got to look at. That's where maybe a Richard Sherman can be that guy. I don't know that at this point in his career, but maybe he can, but they've got to find a guy to be their identity guy in 2021. Yeah, no, they do. And 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 that is so important because especially you're going to have another draft class coming in, right? You're going to have more young guys coming in on that defense. And so you need you need somebody there to set the tone. There's got to be a tone and it's got to be set early. There's just no question about that. And and if you get the right guys and if your scouting department, if you're if you're John Gruden and you're Mike Mayock and you do your job well, which the anticipation should be that, then then that's what you'll get. You'll get people who come in who'll be able to do that. But it's interesting to hear everybody's reaction uh, to their favorite. And and El Paso Raider there, he's he's on the younger side, so he's talking about Charles Woodson. And I can't argue with Charles Woodson. Not only is he the best to play the position, and he's going in the Hall of Fame with Tom Flores this year, but he really was, man. He was a guy who, on the field, the swagger was – you just you could feel it through the TV screen, Hondo. You could, and I got to watch him play in college. Uh-huh. And, and, and cover him and be there, not cover, but to be there and watch in college. And he's a great player. And the thing that I always loved about Charles Woodson is, that, you know, one of the great players, every player who plays this game makes mistakes. Every player who plays this game makes a bad play. But the great ones don't let one bad play turn into two. And Charles never did that. No, he did not. All right, we're up against our next break. We come back, we'll go back to the phone, 702-365-9200. We're talking about your favorite Raiders badasses. Are we missing anybody? Is there somebody that you really like and that was just a tough guy that you love to watch and we didn't hit on him yet? Make sure you call 702-365-9200. If not, we can talk about anything. You want to talk about Hondo's story about Derek Carr today? We'll talk about that. It's an open forum. It's up for you here on Silver and Black Today on Raider Nation Radio. If you believe Tom Brady did fumble and that Franco Harris didn't catch that pass and call it the immaculate deception, then you found the right place. This is Silver and Black Today on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Oh, yeah. Speaking of a badass, that's a badass on base there, Mr. Flea, Red Hot Chili Peppers. Good stuff. You're back here, Silver and Black today. Scott Branson and Hondo Carpenter. We're talking about the best Raiders badasses of all time. But I will tell you, there's there's a, 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 this woman in Las Vegas, and she is a badass. Her name is Dr. Jen, and she makes the best protein bars that are on the market. Dr. Jen's Ultimate Protein Bars, they what power me every day. I skipped lunch. I replaced my meal with a Dr. Jen's uh, Ultimate Protein Bar, which you can find at drjensnutrition.com. Listen, this is great stuff, all natural, no artificial sweeteners, superfoods like quinoa, kale, and spinach, but it doesn't taste like garbage. It tastes so good. I had another one of my banana peanut butter chocolate bars today, and they're phenomenal. And for listening to our show... 
you can get a special discount by ordering them. If you go to drjensnutrition.com, use the code SBT10, and you will get a special discount plus free shipping. Or if you're in Las Vegas, you can go to Vegas Discount Nutrition. You can pick them up there or at Terrible Herbs convenience stores throughout the valley. And um, I'm telling you, you will not go back. Once you try these, we've had so many listeners who have tried them and then they tweet out how much they love them. So check out Dr. Jen's Ultimate Protein Bars, drjensnutrition.com. And Hondo, first of all, Dr. Jen is, is busy with her practice today, but she did text me because she listens to the show. Her and her husband, Andy, and their son, Aiden, always listening to the show. They wanted to say hello to you first, but then she also wanted to say her favorite badass was John Ritchie, the fullback, which is a oh, great yeah. one. Yeah, he was a tough. great one. He was tough. And then she guessed the movie we were talking about earlier, which uh, <laughs> old school. So uh, Dr. Jen knows her movies. She knows her footballs and she knows her damn protein bars because they're the best that have ever been made. Uh, so thanks to Dr. Jen for uh, texting in uh, her selection for that. But I'll tell you what, too. There was some news today, Hondo, in the NFL or it's starting to be uh, bantied about that the the Buccaneers are going to do an extension. With Tom Brady, remember Tom Brady after last year, everybody said, no, he's done. He's done. Oh, he'll play one more year and he'll be done, whatever. Um, it looks like they're going to extend him and try to sign him a little bit longer. And they're starting to compare him from a longevity standpoint to a Raider, to George Blanda. Yep. And, and I think that comparison is interesting. Clearly, from a numbers perspective, Tom Brady as a quarterback, especially when it comes to winning, there's no question he owns that title. But you look at George Blanda, it made me rethink, because I know, you know George Blanda, they always joked about him being the old man and all that. Do you know what year George Blanda first started playing professional football? Yes, and I'm going to tell you why I know it before I tell you because I literally am working. Because <laughs> you're looking it up. <laughs> no, I'm not because we just – no, listen. I we kid, just did I an, kid. As you know, we just did a story on him. I know. I gave uh, you an opening. At Raider Maven. And so, yes, I can tell you this. I know he retired in 76. So yes. give me a minute because that was in the article. I, I think I think it was 58. Am I wrong? No, he he actually started playing professional football in 1949. 1949 at the age of 22. Then uh, he retired in 59 <laughs> and came back in 60. So that's probably what you're that's probably what you're uh, what you're okay. referring to. And so he came back in 60 and he played to 75 and he retired in 76. So he played 26 seasons, 1949 through 75. He played in 340 games. I mean, that's just unbelievable. Wow. Tom Brady is now at 301. So wow. the, compa the comparison is actually while the years might not be the same, they're, they're somewhat close, and if Brady, you know, you think about if they go to 17 games next season, two years would be 34 games, uh, and he'd get close. He'd have to play three years to, to go past Blanda's 340 games. But um, are you surprised at all? I mean, listen, the guy's a freak of nature. I mean, until he can't throw the ball anymore or can't win, he's going to have a place, right? Yeah, absolutely. He's going to have a place. And as long as he keeps winning, people are going to keep signing him. And guys want to play with him. Yeah. You know, here, I'll tell you this. I, I actually have a very good friend, uh, Brian Hoyer, who played with him for a lot of years with the Patriots. Brian's a very mm -hmm. good friend of mine. And Brian, of course, him and Brian are very, very close. 
And Tom Brady, you know, he brings it. He's there. He's ready to go. He demands of players what he demands of himself. And I think, again, that goes back to what we talked about with a hammer. Great players, others want to play with them. Right. Yeah. And that's the thing. You know, a lot of people talk about Las Vegas and how that's going to help allure free agents and all that stuff. But there's no better recruitment of a free agent in the NFL than exactly what you're saying is wanting to play in a great organization. Okay, the Raiders have that with the brand and everything that is Raider Nation, but it's the players. They If they want to come play with a guy that often is is what exactly gets you that free agent that might get the guy to take a little bit less money that might get the person to consider a team that they wouldn't have considered without that player there as well uh and so so that that is something that 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 certainly factors in and you're right people want to play with the guy it's just a fact and that that to me is the greatest compliment hondo because as fans we can dislike him because he's won so much or whatever your reason may be but the reality is if other players want to play with him that's all you need to know about what kind of player and leader he is all right we're at the top of the hour we're going to take the break when we come back for hour number two we're going to start off a discussion we're going to talk about quarterbacks we talked about Derek Carr to start the show thanks to hondo's uh red hot piece that ran today on the Raider Maven website it's burning up the the Twitter sphere and the internet right now as we speak. Um, But we're going to go to the fact that, listen, you're starting to see quarterbacks get moved more. Quarterbacks that were franchise quarterbacks. What's the reasoning for that? Why is it happening? And in my view, it's not going away. It's only going to happen more, and we'll talk about that when we come back from the break. You're with Hondo and Scott here on Silver and Black today, only on Raider Nation Radio.